guys, welcome back to Inside Out. This episode is proudly supported by Mummy Milk, organic herbal tea blends supporting you through motherhood. Today's guest is Denny Duncan. You might know her as the figure on Instagram, but she is a nutrition and fitness coach who empowers women to be fit, healthy, happy, and confident. She is a busy mama of beautiful Harper and 35 weeks pregnant with her beautiful twin babies. In today's episode, Denny shares her experiences with both fitness and nutrition in her final trimester of a twin pregnancy. We chat about the importance of resistance training, yes, even while pregnant, and how she coaches women to make empowered choices with their food and movement. Denny gives us a little sneak peek into her new business, Fit by the Figure, and she shares her top tips to harnessing your power in pregnancy. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you share to your IG or leave a quick written review on the podcast app. This supports me to support more women who need to hear conversations just like this one. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Denny, thank you so much for coming back on the show for round two for an interview. How are you? I am very well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited too. It's so good to have you back. I'm having you plus your two twin babies, um, fully pregnant, twin pregnancy. (laughs) Yes, very pregnant. (laughs) Yes, so excited. So before we dive into your work and and your twin pregnancy, I suppose, um, and how all that's going, can you just share a little bit on you and your present life right now? Yes. Okay, sure. I am, well, I'm 35, almost 36 in a few weeks, actually. Um, I'm married to my Tinder love of my life, Christopher. <laughs> we have a little girl who will be three a couple of weeks after me and probably a couple of weeks after the twins are born. Um, and yeah, I mean, life's good. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, um, Chris works from home, which is really great. So we get to spend a lot of time together. Um, I'm still really into my fitness, you know, which we'll talk about um, and my health a bit further on. But um, outside of work, yeah, it's life's good. We've, we're in a new house. We had to move house because of the twins. So Amazing. getting settled in there. But yeah. Yeah. So exciting that you're in the new place, ready for the babies. Yep. So can you share now a little more on what it is that you do? Sure. So I am a nutrition and fitness coach um, and slash mummy blogger. I don't know if you want to include yeah, absolutely you are you are definitely a blogger slash influencer on the gram yeah um it's kind of um funny how I've sort of intertwined those two things so um I actually also have my own travel agency business so that is also something that's on on the side um but my you know my my I wouldn't say my passion that's not the right word but my um purpose is yeah my nutrition and fitness coaching and helping other mothers so um I do nutrition coaching, private and group coaching. I have my online fitness program, um, a couple of online fitness programs. Um, And then, yeah, the influencing for me is really around helping mothers through different stages through my experience. Um, I'm someone that loves to give things a go. I'm not afraid to try things. If it works, I love sharing what works. If it doesn't, I'll share that as well. So yeah, I love that. You are very raw and vulnerable on Instagram in particular. I notice how, you know, when you're frustrated or, you know, any emotion that's going on, you you will share your experience when it's happening. And I really love that because it, I always resonate with it. I'm like, oh, this happened to me too. Or, you know, I, I feel it with you. And it's really nice to have that connection in, in an online space where sometimes you can feel like there is a realm of false reality with a lot of people showing up there and you don't get to see the shit with the you know the yeah. good stuff too so yeah I really like that so what was sort of the fuel um I suppose behind your purpose-driven career of 
fitness and health? Was it your personal experiences? Did you have any hardships with fitness or? Um, no, so it started when I it actually just, I had this, I just started when I got pregnant with Harper, actually, just before I got pregnant with Harper, um, or just as I got pregnant with Harper, sorry. I realized that my body was going through all these changes and I was starting to feel a bit out of control. And I thought, oh my God, if I'm feeling like this and I'm a fit and healthy person, there must be thousands and thousands of women that feel like this and they're not probably at my level of fitness Mm -hmm. and health. Um, And for years, people had said to me things like, I see you eat chocolate, I see you drink wine and you still you know, I look so strong and lean, like, you know, you must not eat. And I was like, no, no, I I do. Like, it's all about balance. And I was like, hang on, if this is how people are feeling and they're not even pregnant, then, you know, pregnancy is going to be a whole new ball game. And I was really excited to share my experiences through that and then help people out the other side as well um, to show that you can, for want of a better phrase, have it all. You can be lean. You can be really strong. You can feel mentally strong. You can feel mentally there. You're allowed to have your shit days. Like that's life. Yeah. Um, but if you can focus on nutrition and fitness and get moving and eat well, and you can still enjoy your chocolate, you can still enjoy your wine um, and still feel really great. So I really was like, yep. Yeah. And I got pregnant and shared my experience through that. And then coming out the other side, the postpartum stage, I was really, I suppose that's when my following grew a lot because people resonated and or wanted to learn how that was going to look. Um, and people are always like, yeah, actually, how do you do it? How do you come back from your body changing so significantly during pregnancy and still have a glass of wine, still have some chocolate, but still manage to not lose all your shit all the time because we all obviously lose it sometimes. But no. Yeah, absolutely. And I like definitely resonate for me personally with what you've just said there. I, with both my pregnancies, I feel postpartum, my postpartum state, sorry, after having both of my babies, I'm the fittest and strongest in every aspect that I've ever been for both of them. And prior to that, when I had all the time in the world and I, you know, had eight hours sleep every night and, you know, I had all these opportunities to be the fittest and healthiest then, but I didn't do it because it wasn't a priority. Whereas now we're so like limited with time as well. What we do for ourselves, the commitment to exercise and move your body and eat well and nourish your body, that just then I guess is a domino effect on how our our families are treated and how we look after ourselves and look after them as well. Um, so I definitely resonate there with like being pregnant and then realizing, whoa, my body's going through all this stuff and wanting to nourish, wanting to educate yourself more. I was very much like that as well. Today's episode is proudly supported by Mummy Milk, an organic herbal tea blend to support your health and well-being on your motherhood journey. Mummy Milk is more than just tea. They are a brand with purpose. Founded by a busy mum of two, these organic and natural herbal tea blends have been curated in collaboration with their naturopaths to support you. I know that you're doing everything to look after your baby, but you can't pour from an empty cup. With four refreshing and aromatic caffeine-free blends, safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding, these herbal organic teas are perfect for you to add a little more nourishment in your day, mama, and fill your cup. Head over to mummymilk.com.au and use discount code CHRIS10 and gift yourself your health with mummy milk. Totally. And I think as well what kind of put fuel to my fire a little bit is I did get, I did get the comments and I'll probably get them again this time is that, Oh, Danny, you know, you bounced back and that's not that normal and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sorry, but yeah. Okay. Use whatever terminology you want to use, but if you can nourish your body and your mind prior to pregnancy, during pregnancy, then you will be able to stay strong post-pregnancy quicker than if you don't do those things, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I hate that term bounce back because like, 
no one bounces back. Everyone just has a body and had, then they birth a baby and how someone's body responds to that is totally different to somebody else's. And we have no control over that, whether that someone was in the gym five days a week while they were pregnant or whether they weren't just because they then go like their tummy might go lean or their tummy might be smaller than yours doesn't mean that they've bounced back. Their body's just different to yours. Yeah, they're different. And, but you can have a, an impact on how that's going to look if you can do the right things mm. or, you know, do things leading up to that, that, um, can help yourself. And, you know, every, as in, you said, everyone's pregnancy is different as well. I am grateful that in my pregnancies, I have been able to eat well and move my body. That's not for everyone either. Some people can't, some people are sick the whole time. Some people have, you know, um, different ailments through their pregnancies. So, yeah. um, yeah, totally. totally. We'll go into some of your tips, um, for pregnancy shortly, but you've just released your new program fit by the figure. So yeah. tell me about this new venture. And obviously the idea came from being pregnant, but let's yeah. go into that a little bit more. Yeah. So um, last year when we were, um, well, another whole story, but going through our fertility issues and trying to get pregnant, I came up with this idea that, um, you know, I stay fit during pregnancy and there are so many myths out there, which I know we're going to go into later about keeping fit during pregnancy. And I realized there was actually a very limited amount of resources out there for pregnant women um, and what they can do and what that looks like. Um, And I really wanted to have a platform where women could go feel safe, feel supported, um, be educated around what you can do during pregnancy. So, you know, since I got pregnant, I started filming my pregnancy workout program. Um, so trimester two is live, um, very low impact, 20 to 25 minute workouts for pregnant women, you, which you could do. I actually have some women that are trying to conceive on there because they're like, actually, I don't move my body that much. If these are low impact, then I can do them now. And I'm like, absolutely do them now. Yeah. Um, and then I'll be low releasing trimester three and then I'll be low releasing trimester four. So postpartum, Amazing. Um, I have my bubbers um, and then there'll be some other things going on to the platform as well, which is really exciting later in the year. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely not enough programs, especially in the postpartum season, like for women um, to feel supported in that in that fourth trimester, because there's so many of us that can't get to a gym, can't get to a PT, can't have someone come to their, like, can't afford to have someone come to their house to coach them, but they want to move their bodies, but they've got a newborn and it's so hard and, you know, inventing that in your head every day or looking up on Google and YouTube and trying to put a workout together when you're not a coach and you don't know how to do that. It is really, really hard to do that. So it's such a really like great idea just great idea for women yeah no so it's been I've been really exciting and um I'm glad that I can sort of I suppose open up people in that space and get people understanding that this is what you can do during pregnancy there's options in there I give tips um and of course if you are not feeling great or you know you stop you know um and you do what you can so yeah I love that so just on some of those tips what exercises would you suggest are the top few that will provide the benefits like support in birth yeah so for support in birth um, and I have shared this on my Instagram page quite a few times is some deep core breathing exercises. I have noticed that yeah so talk me through that yeah so um a lot of the time um even not even non-pregnant people we just our natural stance is to walk with our bellies sort of relaxed you know you know um it's just the natural way it is and as an ex-ballet dancer my natural way is actually to hold my belly in so excuse me strong core um so what I had realized during my first pregnancy is that when I was pregnant my natural stance was to hold my core in 
And that doesn't mean holding your pelvic floor in all the time. Um, that is not what I mean. You shouldn't hold your pelvic floor in all the time. You can actually overact your pelvic floor. So, um, but this was some deep core exercises. So I always do these even when I'm not pregnant and it's activating your transverse, your deep core muscles, because you can't be doing sit-ups, planks, things like that when you're pregnant. Okay. That's, you know, you have to stay right away from your rectus abdominis. So the ones that form your six pack, um, but really taking some deep breaths and engaging that deep core, because that's, what's going to help you hold your babies in. It's actually going to want it's what's going to push your babies out as well. Mm. And having that deep, strong core and that strong pelvic floor is actually going to help in your recovery as well. Um, you know, lots of them say, oh, I've got that, that baby belly remaining after their babies. Well, having that deep, strong core is going to help, you know, correct that. Yeah. Does that help with something like abdominal separation in birth? Um, it will definitely help with abdominal separation. It's something that um, you would, that will be incorporated into my postpartum workouts for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Whether you're doing those standing up on all fours, um, I suggest, you know, do it twice a day, 10 breaths, um, holding those breaths for, you know, um, 10 seconds each time just to really make sure they're nice and strong. And it'll really help with your, your, your birth as well, because, you know, you'll be using all those deep muscles to push the babies out. Mm. Yeah. I wish I had that when I had my babies. I wish that I could have practiced that because it sounds like it would be so supportive. Um, you know, the deep breathing and things I was practicing, but definitely not in alignment with holding in my core. So I think that that would be a really, yeah. really good idea for any pregnant moms listening to give it a go or just go over to your Instagram and check it out because it's there too. Yeah. Well, there's, um, I've done a st- couple of um, highlight stories and there's also a reel on there just how, how to do it. So Amazing. So twin pregnancy, let's chat about that. How, how is it different to your pregnancy with your beautiful girl, Harper? Um, it's been pretty different from pretty early on. I mean, I know second pregnancies, you always sort of pop a little bit quicker, if you, if you, for want of a better word. Um, but I definitely got bigger quicker. I was like, oh, here we go. Here's my belly. It didn't, you know, didn't, I didn't really pop until about 20 weeks with Harper, but by 20 weeks, I looked like I was definitely having twins. Um, but I have, yeah, def- so I've gotten bigger earlier, which means my mobility has been limited earlier on, which um, has been a big change for me. Um, having two babies in there, um, the doctor has, all, you know, automatically puts you at a higher risk pregnancy. Because mm. two. Luckily enough, I've got two placenters and two, um, they've got a sack each. So it's, you know. I hadn't even thought about that, a second placenta. So yeah, right. Yeah, so two placentas, two sacs, which is the great best type. So they've got their own nutrients, which is really good. Yes. Um, but yeah, after on my 28-week gestational diabetes test, I found out that not I didn't have gestational diabetes, but I had an underactive thyroid and um, borderline anemic iron, um, okay. which is I had low iron with Harper, but not this low, and I did not have an underactive thyroid. But these babies are basically taking everything out of me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I have been much more tired in this third trimester than I was with Harper. Um, as I said, my mobility is, is much different. My back is much more sore. Um, the skin is just so stretched. Um, it's, yeah, um, which I'm trying to use some oils and creams to help the itching. Um, but, yeah, just having two in there um, is is getting uncomfortable, let's put it that way. When they move, it's uncomfortable now, unfortunately, even though it's cute and I love to love it but. yeah so are you have you changed up like supplementation or nutrition up the ante with macros and things like that to support the um the iron deficiency or yeah so i've been put on some iron supplements and i'm just trying to eat more red meat where possible and other you know nutrition things to up my iron um and in the last couple of weeks um because I haven't put on nearly as much weight as Harper. And I think it's just because twin 
to take it out of you. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to feed two babies here. So I have up to my, my calories um, in the last couple of weeks and I've actually up my fats as well. So one thing that I found with when I was heavily pregnant with Lola is that even though, though like I was trying to nourish her and eat more and keep up my calories, I couldn't fit anything else in. So I was making myself feel really, really sick trying to just consume a whole meal like I normally would so that she would be getting what she needed. But I was like, I can't fit this in. So how are you doing that with the two? Yeah. Like, it must be so, so much um, uncomfortableness every day when you're trying to eat and nourish, you know? Yeah. Well, I didn't feel the way you're talking about. I didn't feel that with Harper till probably like 37 weeks. Um, and in the last two weeks I've been feeling that. And I, you know, my mom was down the weekend. She's like, you need to eat more. You're hardly eating anything. And I'm like, I just can't, like, it's physically making me feel sick. Mm. There's just no room. So I'm trying to have smaller meals more often, which makes me feel like I'm constantly eating. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I just, mm. I had to share my pasta with Harper the other day because I was no ways I was going to finish a whole bowl by myself. It's just really, really difficult. Yeah. And how's Harper going with the introduction of the twins, I suppose. And the idea of it, is she excited? She, she is really excited. She knows her name, so don't ask her because she will tell you. Um, <laughs> um, no, she's really cute. She's She keeps asking me actually lately, are the babies out yet? I'm like, okay, mommy's still still cooking them. Um, but, yeah, she's really excited. And she, you know, told me the other day because we put the capsules in the car a couple of weeks ago. And so she's in the middle seat now, right? Aww. Being on the side. And she said, if the babies cry, I'm going to hold their hands and tell them that mommy and daddy will be here soon. Oh my goodness. That just melts my heart. That is so sweet. And it's so nice. Like I know that um, Harper and Jesse aren't too far apart in in their birth dates, I don't think, but she seems a lot more ahead um, in speaking and things like that than him. And she like very much understands what the process is and that, you know, and she could tell you things, which is really, really cute. Um, Jesse just had no idea what was going on. He he still shoves Lola. He just puts it on her head and he goes, no, stop. Whenever she comes near him. (laughs) She no, she's. I think obviously there's going to be moments I'm sure where it's going to be hard, but um, we've kind of tried to also word her up about like what happens when mummy does have the babies. Like she's going to go stay at a friend's house, and then she's going to come to the hospital, and then yeah. So oh, beautiful. So just going into exercise and pregnancy, as you and I have discussed before, there are so many old wives' tales and like myths and people telling like like you in the online space, sorry, that are advocating for to break these old stigmas, to change these limiting beliefs surrounding exercise and pregnancy and diet culture and all these things that are coming up at the moment. And basically the naysayers, the people that say you shouldn't be doing it, but there's no really backing reason why you should be doing it or they can't give you the reason. When I had Jesse, I had two conversations when anyone noticed the level of exercise that I was participating in. It was either like, wow, you're doing a little too much, don't you think maybe you should slow it down? Or, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You're, You're incredible. But don't you think you should pull it back a bit? It was literally those two sentences that came up. But for me, I was like, I'm doing something awesome for me and my baby. Can you share what evidence supports movement, movement inclusive of weights or resistance training? Is there out there that can support this idea that it is actually a healthy decision for you and your baby? Yeah. So um, there's obviously some things you shouldn't do, but exercising during pregnancy has so many huge benefits. So it can reduce the risk of pregnancy complications because exercise, as we know, reduces blood pressure um, and things like that. It keeps your cholesterol down. um, It reduces the risk of diabetes, all those sorts of things. Um, And not just that, it mentally helps you as well. So Mm. you are going to feel better. You're less likely to get depression and things like that throughout your pregnancy and then P and D post. Um, 
it will give you more energy because as we know during pregnancy half the time we don't have as much energy so if you exercise you're going to get more energy um, and keeping strong strong during a pregnancy means you're going to be able to actually lift your child yes and they help you have a strong labor so that you're able to cope with that um, because exercising helps you do um, cope with uh, increases your coping mechanisms right so doing any sort of exercise is a mental game you know every time you do another rep or another round you've got to push that a little bit more increase your mental strength so therefore it's going to better prepare you during labor and of course as we discussed before for birth um, and then recovery mm. in regards to weights and resistance training um there's a couple of things that i know doctors and research just ask you know to avoid and that's just to make sure that we're letting as much blood flow get to the placenta as possible so that's keeping your heart rate below about 150 um not lifting anything that's putting extra pressure on your pelvic floor because we want to protect that trying not to put weights over our head is another one just to make sure that we're not putting any extra pressure um, on your uterus and your pelvis um but apart from that um yeah there's there's not a huge amount of um, research that shows we shouldn't exercise. Um, research shows that miscarriage isn't um, come from exercising. That's, you know, it's not a reason for miscarriage. Um, but there is a lot of evidence to suggest that why we should exercise during pregnancy. So. Have you received any negativity from anyone? I know that you're still running once a week, if not a little bit more. Have you received much negativity from, I guess, society or, yeah. or Instagram? <laughs> Definitely love to say things, you know, like, oh, Danny, I hope your public floor is okay. And like, you know, they forget, like, I am a fitness coach. Like, I, you know, I know what I'm doing. I've, I've been a ballet dancer for years. I know my body. Um, So people, you know, saying things like that, or you shouldn't be doing that, or I'm worried for you. And I'm like, well, you can, don't worry about me. You worry about you. I'll worry about me. Um, Yeah. And I think, yeah, people say, oh, should you be doing that? Or should you be doing this? And you know, it's just mm, mm, totally people do say, listen to your body, you know, it knows when to stop, but this is sometimes, you know, can create confusion. Mm. Everything feels hard when you're pregnant, right? So what are some things to look out for in regards to, and signs for your body when it's telling you to slow down as a pregnant fitness coach, what can, what can you help with there? Yeah. I think that has, has to be, I mean, try and identify if you can, the difference between, are you in pain or are you just uncomfortable because you're working out, you know, like, Working out is never supposed to be a walk in the park, you know. Um, that's not what working out is. That Go for a walk if you want to feel completely fine. Um, so, yeah, I suppose identifying, are you in pain? Is it something that's, you know, and if you are in pain, you need to stop, which, you know, on some of my runs, when I've had some, say, abdominal pain through my muscles, I stop, completely stop. Um, but, or is it just uncomfortable because you're running and running is uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah and learning to move through that, yep. Like, is it your, is it your glutes that are hurting when you're squatting or are you, is it your pelvis that's hurting while you're squatting, you know? So as trying to identify and just being more aware of that. Um, and if, and I suppose at the same time, you've got to listen to your gut as well. If your gut's saying that something's wrong, then you need to stop because as soon as your gut and your, and your, and you're mentally not there, you're more likely to have an injury anyway. And that's whether you're pregnant or not pregnant. Hundred percent. I love that because yeah, I am someone who can push through the uncomfortable really well. Um, but I do know that when I was pregnant, I sometimes did find it hard to switch off. Well, am I uncomfortable, or is that pain? Because sometimes there's good pain and there's bad pain. Like if you if you've got sore muscles and you're doing like legs after leg day or something like that, and you're like, oh, this is so hard. It hurts. Is it really hurting? Is it going to cause me injury, or is it you know something that I can work through? And I think sometimes that we forget that you need to be in some form of hurt locker to 
to get the result of either sweat. I'm not talking about like burning calories or getting the result of muscle growth or losing body fat when you're pregnant. I mean, the result of breaking a sweat and feeling really good and releasing those endorphins. I know that's something that you advocate for as well. Getting up and moving, release the endorphins. You know, you've got to work out how can I do that? And it's for me, that's not going for a walk. No. And, you know, doing my leg day, yeah, at the end, I mean, you know, when I say pain, good pain, as in my muscles are burning. Yes, Mm. my heart rate is close to that 150 mark. I have to watch it in leg day, especially I always tell my girls, I'm just going to, the single leg wall sits right now goes I'm going to do double because my heart rate's getting too high yeah. um which is still like it's you know I'm carrying an extra 11 kilos now like a wall <laughs> is actually really hard these days totally yeah um but yeah just knowing that and I suppose that's one reason why I launched fit by the figure right because that way there's a space there where I know that all of the girls there are going to be safe mm. um, just touching on fit by the figure postpartum plan for yourself with movement do mm. you have one what does that look like yeah, so um, I was able to start moving my body and this is not exercising per se, but I at two weeks in, I was doing 10 minutes of just body weight squats, you know, just getting moving. Um, it was one of my ways to get Harper to go to sleep as well, actually, but it's just squat, squat holding her or lunge down the corridor. Um, I'm used to it when she was inside you. <laughs> exactly. I think she liked the calming motion. Um, but it's all going to depend, to be honest, as well, whether I have a cesarean or a vaginal birth. So um, that's obviously going to make a difference. Um, but I would like to return to doing the figure babes, which is my online workout program with my other girls. Um, know within four to six weeks as long as I'm feeling good um I don't suggest people starting before they've had their clearance and not only by their doctor or obstetrician but also by a female physio um as well to make sure the pelvic floor is all intact and everything's um you know abdominals are are okay and everything like that um but for me moving my body even going for a walk you know I went for a walk day five with Harper was so good for my mental health you know it Mm. felt so good to get out there like you said um, I probably wasn't releasing huge amounts of endorphins. It was probably lots of oxytocin going on yeah. <laughs> those first few weeks. Um, but getting my body moving and knowing that I could just you know, start with walks and then start by some with some body weight exercises and then slowly, slowly move move through that. Um, there'll be no crunches or anything like that um, for probably twelve months, twelve weeks. Um, but yeah, that's it's a, it's a slow burn. Yes, I had no abdominal separation or anything in particular, but I couldn't do sit-ups. I had this severe pain and I've seen, I saw a woman's health physio multiple times and I had clearance from my doctor and her to do anything that I wanted to do, but there was this muscle and she just believed that it was so tender from birth still. And that was like six months in, I couldn't, and I'm 12 months postpartum now um, and I'm totally fine, but it took that long to heal. And it was, my head couldn't get around it. And I had one of my um, coaches, his name is Drew Duggan. He um, has a gym here, Wellfit in Newcastle. And he was like, Chris, it's not a race. You had a baby. Your body's just not responding as quickly as it did the first time. Like relax it's okay yes there's no big definition as to why you can't do these things without pain but listen and just chill the f out babe like you'll be right and that's what I needed to hear so I feel like people like you who who would say something similar I imagine for women that are don't have a definition as to why they can't do something and why they're uncomfortable like there's no tearing or there's no abdominal separation it's totally okay something doesn't feel right you don't have to do it totally totally and I think as well it depends as well, like don't forget, we haven't used our abdominals, our well, especially our rectus and abdominus, 
for nine months. Like we haven't used them. So you're basically starting from scratch and muscles take a long time to build up. Like you said, it's not a race. And for those, this is why, you know, I've said this before, I think I don't like eight week challenges. I just like, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's only a certain amount of things you can do in eight weeks and it's not um, sustainable. So especially postpartum, it is a slow burn. Like, I don't think, I don't know, like, of course I want my abs back. Like I love having my abs, you know, I love being short. that's not going to happen for like at least 12 months. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fine. Um, I'd rather be strong and do it slowly and get all that inner strength back and um, just start moving my body. Um, I like that you touched on just then about hating eight-week challenges because, my God, I agree. I think <laughs> they are rubbish. And no offence to anyone listening that's doing one. I think it's great for you if, you, if you're yeah. setting small goals and it's attainable and you feel like you're, you're getting used to programming your new lifestyle, but it's not long-term. It does, it's not going to be – you need to do a 12-month challenge. Talk like totally. a year. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not going to work long-term. And it teaches bad habits and it's this diet culture mentality coming into play again. Yeah. Um, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I because so I do eight week group coaching, and when people say, "Oh, I'm looking at doing an eight week challenge," and I'm like, I have to correct them. I'm like, it's not a challenge; it is coaching. I am coaching you to how to have a sustainable life after we finish the coaching. It is not challenge. I am not asking you to give me an eight week goal, and then we're going to get there by any means possible. Um, you know, that is not life. Um, and so, yeah, if you have a small goal or you, I don't know, maybe you're getting married in eight weeks and you want to, whatever, if that's what that is for you, then great. Um, but if you actually want sustainable habits that are going to last a lifetime that you can take away and you can still during that time, have your wine, have your chocolate, socialize with friends, you know, an eight week challenge is not going to be that place. And I just, um, I feel like it puts unachievable stress on your body and, um, you know, you do all these things that aren't sustainable. And I always ask my girls about four weeks in when I'm doing my private coaching with them, do you feel what you've changed so far is sustainable or have you gone too hard and you're going to finish the 12 weeks with me? Cause my private coaching is 12 weeks and you'll go back to your old habits. And yeah, they're all like, no, no, this is something I can incorporate into my daily life. Like, Mm-hmm. it's not like oh you know for this eight weeks I'm only eating 1300 calories and I'm training four times a day I'm like well you know that's not sustainable so yeah what are some non-negotiable habits I suppose that you have to encourage your clients to have a sustainable lifestyle yeah um planning their week so what does that look like where are you where are you fitting in your exercise and your walks because Getting moving is, is number one key for mental health and for productivity. And um, unfortunately, people, that's the first thing that people drop. When life gets busy, when the kids are sick, when work gets busy, they've got extra meetings. Rather than saying, actually, the laundry can wait or actually the vacuuming can wait, it's always the exercise goes, mm. or their food. Um, oh, instead of having my salad for lunch, I'm just going to grab a burger. Well, no, because those things are actually going to help you. So planning your week. Um, water intake is another one. Um, because as soon as you stop drinking water, not only are you going to have start having gut issues, therefore, then you're going to start blaming gut issues on the food because you're going to think it's the food and it's not the food, it's the water. (laughs) You're going to be fuzzy. You're not going to feel, um, productive. You're not going to feel focused. You're probably going to be more emotional, um, as well. So there, there would be two things that I always say, plan your week, drink enough water. Yes, I love that. I know that you've touched on um, on Instagram, actually. Are you hungry or are you dehydrated? And that's yeah. something that I've actually started saying to uh, my girls, my stepdaughters, because 
they were, you know, when they're in school holidays and they're always hungry, always hungry. And I'm like, are you hungry? Oh, are you dehydrated? You haven't drank any water today. Like, let's scull some water. Let's talk about that first. And then you can be hungry in a minute. Like, give it a, give it a second to settle in, you know? And I think I had forgotten how important hydration is sometimes for myself. And I'll be picking at food in the afternoon. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you've only had a liter of water today and you've trained high intensity. Like, you need to have more water. You're not hungry. So it's a really, really good reminder for people, I think. I love that. Yeah. And don't forget when we do get more stressed, um, our gut is our first thing that's getting affected when we get stressed as well. So if you get stressed, not only does it affect your gut and then that affects your serotonin levels because 95% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So it's a flow and effect, right? So you get stressed, your gut plays up. So you stop drinking so much water because you're too busy. Your serotonin levels go down. So you're not as happy. Um, and then all of a sudden you're just in this hole, you know? Mm. So, um, and it's a vicious cycle. I feel like we, a lot of us go through that cycle ongoing. Like it's not just, you know, once every few years, it's a something that comes up every couple of months as well. And the other thing is, um, I know that you obviously haven't had a menstrual cycle for a really long time, but with the ebbs and flows of life and our lifestyles, we as women also have a menstrual cycle. And with that comes hormonal changes and cravings and, and things like that. I know for me, postpartum, one thing that I didn't expect, firstly, I was breastfeeding and I had no idea that you could still get your period breastfeeding. Everyone told me you did it it didn't happen so I was like oh, I'm not gonna have a period for like a year anyway and I did and it was the heaviest and most hormonal period I have ever experienced in those first three four months I just lost control complete control would you have any tips for anyone that might experience something similar to that yeah for sure I and my group coaching and my private coaching is uh, basically a whole module we go through with your menstrual cycle because people are not aware of the hormonal changes that go through and why they're happening and when people aren't aware of where they are in their cycle, it is really easy in the luteal stage. So days 14, 15 to 28 is your luteal stage of your cycle. So days 1 to 14, your follicular stage, you're feeling really good, your hormones are all level, you're on top of the world. When I talk to my clients during this stage, all I hear is good things. Danny, I smashed this run. I said no to the chips at dinner last night. I felt really in control. I feel great. You know, you get to your ovulation, everything peaks, and then just like that, everything drops and progesterone becomes the dominating hormone. And we all feel like absolute shit. Um, and then you've got feelings of, I can't do it. You've got less energy. Your serotonin levels are naturally down. Yeah, you'll probably get cravings. You'll feel more bloated. You'll retain more water. And all of a sudden for that two weeks, if you're not aware of where you are in your cycle, these can lead to quite depressive thoughts um, and feelings of, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm, I'm crap. And then, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a vicious cycle again. You know, you, so you feel crap. So you start eating crap. You say, I can't do this. Why am I bothering? All those feelings start. So if you can be really aware of where you are in your cycle and go, okay, I'm feeling like this because my body is going through the stage of my cycle. So what can I do to help impact that? Well, let's try and eat really good nutritious foods. So we up our serotonin levels naturally, you know, um, good fats. So your avocados, your salmon, all your nuts and seeds and things like that can naturally boost your serotonin levels, mm -hmm. keeping moving. So your endorphins start to go. So you increase your endorphins. So you're feeling better drinking more water. So you're not feeling as lethargic and tired because you'll naturally be feeling that. And also allowing yourself not to give into a craving, but allowing yourself to have it. So rather than be like, I'm just going to have the whole block of chocolate because I'm feeling crap and I've got my period being like, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to have that roll of chocolate because I'm in this stage of my, my cycle. I'm going to allow my body to have it because it's going to make me feel better without over splurging. Um, and then just, just know that in a few days, you're going to start that whole cycle again and you're going to feel great. So. Yeah, I like that coaches like yourself are really recognizing this and bringing our awareness to this in your programming because there are so many PTs 
it's a you know quite a flooded industry but not many talking about this subject especially with their female clients um and I think that I personally have been coached by a female coach in depth for a long time and we didn't really go into this this wasn't it didn't matter when you had your period didn't give a shit yeah so thing about my clients as well I I depending and everyone's different again you know, Chris, like some mm-hmm. people don't experience a bad luteal phase and that's fine. So I always ask them, how are you? And I always ask them during that cycle, how are you feeling? Because for those people that do have quite, you know, severe hormonal, um, you know, responses, it might be a conditioning phase, you know, maybe that phase you're not running 10 Ks. Maybe you're just doing some easy five Ks just to keep it up. Maybe you're not squatting your PB this week. Maybe we're just conditioning, you know, we're just looking at form and technique this fortnight, this fortnight. Um, maybe this is yet yeah, your condition. I call it your conditioning phase. You know, we'll save the PBs and the extra weight and the extra long runs and things. We'll save that for the follicular stage. Mm. Um, Cause you are more likely to injure yourself if you, try and do those things in a stage when you're not feeling hundred percent mentally as well. Love that. I love that's how you coach because it's just such a big part in our training and our programming. And even at the gym I'm at now, um, I go to a CrossFit gym and it's run by a, a male, but the main thing that he says at the start is if you're not feeling it, I don't want you to be trying to crack PBs. If you're not hundred percent today, please don't like do the next level down. Let's descale it. There's no need. Like it's leave your ego at the door. Don't walk in with that. We don't need to do that. Like it's how you're feeling and everyone feels different. So go with that. And I really, really love that because there's been so many gyms I've been at that haven't really incorporated that. And it makes it, um, especially on your hard days where you go in and you feel like, I feel like shit. I don't really want to be here, but I'm showing up. I'm choosing to be here, but then you leave feeling like you failed. Like there's nothing worse than that, you know? No, and that's one thing I always say to my clients, especially when we're setting our fortnightly goals after our calls each fortnight, is don't tell me a ridiculous goal for this fortnight, especially if you're in the luteal stage, but set some lower goals. I would rather you get to that goal and smash it and come to me the next fortnight and be like, Dan, I freaking smashed it. I feel really good. Rather yeah. than being like, oh, you sent me this goal that's up here. I got to here and now I feel shit about it because I wasn't even close, you know? Yeah, I absolutely do. I've got one more question for you, Zanny, and that is what are your top tips to harnessing your power in pregnancy? I know you are big on mindset, so this yeah. is surrounding that. So what can yeah. you share? Um, so I suppose now more than ever I'm doing my grateful, prouds and looking forward tos because some days it's really easy to, especially with twins, <laughs> think about all the negative stuff that's coming. Oh, my God, I'm about to have two babies. What's the birth going to be like? Oh, my God, how am I going to feed them both at once? Like, you know, so just taking a step back and being like, okay, what am I grateful for? What am I proud of? And what am I looking forward to? Um, so that is one thing that is really helping me. Um, and also um, eliminating the noise. So if something is triggering you, if something is, if you are reading something or someone is triggering you and it's negative, turn it off. You know, I've muted a couple of pages on Facebook because all I hear about twin pregnancies is negative stuff. Um, and I know it's going to be hard. It's, you know, no one is saying it's going to be easy, but you, you, you will do it. You, you know, you will make it work. You're, um, you're the mother of your children. They're coming. Like everyone needs to shut up. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs to shut up. They're coming whether I like it or not. So <laughs> um, I think just try and... Um, yeah, look look at the positives and think of the positives and don't be, you know, blind to the fact that it's going to be hard, but, you know, mm. go in with a, a, a little bit of a, you know, not a plan, you can't plan these things, but with a positive, yeah, positive mindset and the grateful and proud looking forward to is do really help me in those things. And you do that in like a journal way. I just, you do it on my I just yep. on my walk. I'm in the mornings. I'm like, cool today. And sometimes I pop it on my story because 
especially when I'm actually not feeling great, putting it on my story kind of holds me accountable because everyone's going to see them. Um, Because a lot of people are fine with the gratefuls. Most people can find some gratefuls. Like whether it's, if you struggle to find a grateful as well, it can be anything. Like I'm grateful the sun came up today because in some countries or some people's lives, the sun's not going to come up, you know, like I'm just grateful the sun came up. Um, But people struggle with proud. So you've got to find a proud and it has to be about yourself. You can't be proud of your children. You can't be proud of your husband. It's something to do with you. Like what are you proud of? Um, And that whether that's, you know, carrying two children, um, still getting out of my walks, you know, whatever it may be, eating well, like what are you going to be proud of? And sometimes it's also good to think, okay, what am I going to be proud of tomorrow? You know? Um, and then what am I looking forward to like there's always something you know we're always like oh my god the washing this and that no what are you looking forward to it can be really little as well like like at the moment I have to take my thyroxine an hour before I eat in the morning so I always look forward to breakfast because I'm so hungry um you know it could be as small as that it could be as you know big as like had my baby shower on Saturday that was something I was looking forward to we're taking Harper to the animal farm on Wednesday I'm really looking forward to that so she'll love that that's such a really special way to connect with yourself as well like start the day with connection with you I think that I would just when you were saying that I'm like oh what what am I proud of of me like how that's a really interesting thing I think because then now I'm like okay so I can't think of anything that I'm proud of for myself today why is that let's go inward on that so totally and you know what sometimes it takes me a good two kilometers <laughs> so come on Danny you've got to think of something before you get home like yeah, yeah. and so. it's a great idea to put it up on your stories because firstly you you'll motivate and inspire someone else to do the same thing for themselves and that accountability as well like you know I'm showing the world that this is what I am and this is who I am and what I'm proud of and what I'm looking forward to and even if I feel really crappy I'm just going to show up and be what you know the best version of myself today so I really love that yeah. And, you know, having a positive mindset or being a positive person doesn't mean everything is positive. Like you said before, I, if I'm frustrated or something crap's going on. Like, you know, the ACT has just put, been put like classified as a red zone. I can't, I, there's a possibility I might not see my mum for these babies. Like, you know, yeah. there's always crap, but it means that you can then step away from that and go, okay, but I can't control that. Mm-hmm. What I can control is these things. So absolutely totally agree well thank you so much for coming on the show today i'm so excited that you were here for a second time good to chat with you and catch up my love thank you so much for having me again thank you for listening to today's episode of inside out i really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard if this episode resonated with you i would love to hear from you Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.